Welcome to the Open Door Policy. Each week on this podcast, we sit down with a different guest and talk about a letter. Archbishop Vigneron's Unleash the Gospel Pastoral Letter. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. All right. Be about it. Each guest we have on this show we think is living it out in a new and exciting way. Before we get started, if you like what you hear and you want to help us be part of this movement to unleash the gospel, be sure to subscribe and share our podcast with your family and friends. And while you're at it, leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Open Door Policy Studio, here with our friend Juanita Sanchez, whose favorite emoji is a heart, and she brings so much heart to everything that she thinks and says and does. Buenos dias, Padre Esteban. Buenos dias. Welcome to Open Door Policy Studio. How yeah. are you? I was going to say in Spanish, but we're not going to do the whole thing in Spanish. Yeah, so. that would be that would be confusing to yeah, both of us. Yeah, I'm doing really But well. not to our guest. Um, a question, though, before we jump in. Yeah. How has God been working in your life? How have you seen some grace, friend? Yeah, it's a great question. I have, um, you know, we're kind of this summer, we're working with a handful of parishes to think about missionary strategic planning. And I've gotten to attend a, a handful of those meetings and like sit at a table with parishioners who are really trying to think about uh, what God wants to do in their parish. And that's been a really privileged place for me to hear those conversations going on and to just see how God's working in different people's lives. And that's encouraging to me, helps my prayer life, and helps me trust Jesus more. Thanks be to God, being a part of that sacred community. And we are blessed to have Juanita Sanchez with us from St. Anne Parish. Welcome, Juanita. Hi, thank you. It's good to have you. Um, Are you ready for rapid-fire questions? As ready as I can be. All right. bring (laughs) Bring it on, I hear you saying. All right. Number one, Juanita, what is your most used emoji? Emoji, happy face or hearts. Yes. What would be your walk-up music? Well, I'm very, um, how should I say, I meditate a lot, so that would be me. Yeah. Some meditative music. Yeah. What is your favorite piece of religious art? I think I like The Last Supper. All right. And what do you think is overrated? What do people like talk about or like a lot that you're like, give me a break? Honestly, a lot of the stuff that um, is being like shown in social media that um, is just like very self-centered. Yeah. What like character from a story or a show would you like to be your friend? I like Eduardo Berrastegui. Eduardo Virastegui is a Mexican actor, model, and singer. All right. Okay, everybody Good. knows that one. Good. Now we'll follow up later. Uh, what's your favorite hymn? My favorite hymn is in Spanish, and um, it's called, it's from Martin Valverde, and it's called um, Nobody Loves You Like I Do or Nadie Te Ama Como Yo. What season would you be? I love fall. Yeah. I love scars. That's true. Pumpkin spice latte. Yeah. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? And mine is kind of like a promise. Um, it's like, take God's things. He will take care of yours. What's your favorite Bible story, Juanita? I have many, but um, one of the Bible stories that I really like is the blind um, Bartimaeus. Yeah. And what non-traditional pet would you have? Oh, I want a goat so bad. A goat? <laughs> oh, I want a goat. And that's like my goal to get one. They're Did so you ever funny. have one? 
No. Juanita had some farm animals when you were a child. Yeah. You did? What did you have? Actually, my grandpa, he had um, cows, pigs, chickens, turkeys. They used to chase me, by the way. Wow. So, yeah. So you don't want a turkey is what I hear you saying. Not unless it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> unless it's on the plate. Ready to yeah, so already your, cooked. Your favorite piece of religious art is the Last Supper. Yes. And you, I'm going to tell Father Steve this. This is so cute. So Juanita had told us earlier that she's engaged to a young man named Ephraim, and she also um, works with faith formation at St. Anne. And for the first uh, first Holy Communion this year, they dressed the children like apostles for their retreat, and Ephraim dressed up as Jesus and washed their feet, and oh. it was the cutest thing. They were so cute. It was based on the Last Supper, um, yeah. and those kids, like, none of them wanted to be a Jude. And all of them wanted to sit next to Jesus. So no one wanted to be Judas. No. Right? That's, <laughs> did anyone play Judas? Yes. Did they make any? Oh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They it did. It was pretty intense, I must say. So who gave you the advice to take care of God's things? Um, Melia Redondo, which um, she's the director of Escuela de Evangelización San Andres, so a school of evangelization St. Andrew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And you said your most used emoji is the... The happy, the happy face, kind of the standard one. Yes. Or the heart, like I love it, or mm-hmm. like the face with the heart eyes. Anything that has a heart, that'll be oh. me. Even if it's a bad situation, I throw a heart. <laughs> so the heart means so many things, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Super, super, super love. And who's the uh, who's the uh, character that you said, Eduardo? Eduardo Verasti. He's a producer right now. He's in Hollywood. He does movies, and um, he has a really. N- strong um, conversion story. He's the guy who was in the movie Bella. Yes. I think, right? Oh, okay. I know who that guy is. (laughs) I've only only heard his name said by people without the right pronunciation. So... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. I know who that is, too. Oh. Cool. Awesome. Thanks so much, Juanita. Thanks. Thank you. So, Juanita, we always give our guests a chance to share their testimony, what God is doing in their life or has done in their life. We'd love to hear uh, from you what God has been doing. God is my everything. He's my mother. Um, he's my reason to be. I grew up being a Catholic in Mexico. I guess I was eight and I already knew the litany. Mm-hmm. So wow. I already, I was 12. Um, I was um, attending charismatic um, prayer and all of that with my mother. Yeah. But you know, like then you become a young adult and then you kind of like drift and, and like that's when, at that age that uh, you think that your parents don't understand you. So like they don't love you. They're like not the worst, but like you get that. I went through that stage. Yeah. It can be hard as you mm-hmm. kind of like you're seeking to find your independence. And, and at that yeah. point you were in the U.S., right? Yes, I was. Yeah. Um, they brought me here when I was 12. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they. And any siblings or just yes. your parents and you? Um, I, I have a brother. His name okay. is Jose. He's younger than me. Okay. He looks like Daniel's brother. He does. They're he like twins. very oddly looks like <laughs> wow. my younger brother in a way that's almost weird and uncomfortable. So. Wow. Now I know why you guys are friends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So then when did you guys start going to St. Anne? I started going on 2009 after, um, well, actually, I 
went before because I used to work at Holy Redeemer. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to uh, go to confession with those priests. So I Classic. went somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was St. Anne's or Father Solano Center. Mm-hmm. But it was uh, 2009 when um, I left my Jornadas retreat. And that's how I started being more involved with the St. Anne's community. Yeah. So Jornadas is, it's a special, like, young, young adult, adult group. Yeah. Yes. And you have to go on the retreat. You have to, to become go part of yes. the community, right? That That's community. kind of the initiation into yes, the community. It is. And how old were you when you did that? Were you right out of high school? Were you kind of a couple of years? No, it, I was like twenty-four on June fourth, two thousand and six, about four p.m. That's when um. I knew God, I thought I knew God, but that's when I really encountered his love. That was like my Damasco. That was when um, I really knew what the heart meant. Yeah. Um, I really had a an encounter with him. And that's, that like changed my life. I remember that I came out from the, it was from Manresa. It was a silent retreat. Mm. And I came out from that retreat and like, the same songs that I used to listen to, which was um, maybe reggaeton, maybe banda in Spanish, they mm-hmm. all talk about God's love. Everything was focused and it was centered on on God's love. And um, I remember even driving through Detroit and seeing like burned houses. I mean, they were even cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they were even cute. Everything was, so seeing, was beautiful. Seeing God's beauty in yes. everything. Oh, yeah. It was it was amazing encountering God's love. And that was in 2006. On 2009, that's when um, I went to the Jornadas retreat. And um, after that retreat, I wanted to give something back to God. Okay. Um, So that's when I kind of committed my life. Um, I remember at the closing mass that um, I told told God, I was like... um, I want to serve you until my last breath. I don't know if I'm going to be, you know, single, if I'm going to be married. I'm not sure what my vocation is going to be. And he took the serious. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Yeah. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. That's really fascinating because 2009 is actually when I made my first Marian consecration as well. Oh. So, um, and then you renew, you know. So yeah. it's been 10 years since. Wow. For me Happy too. Happy anniversary. Yeah. Thanks, friend. Um, so, so what can you tell me what you mean by like God took that seriously? So what what has your life been like since you kind of made that promise to God? Well, after that promise, um, I started at I kind of like committed to service. I knew that my idea my idea was to um, ma- make happen the promises that I received at baptism and continue yeah. His mission, show others who He was. So um, I joined. Um, I joined the Jornadas retreat. I mean, I joined the Jornadas group. I'm sorry. After uh, the retreat, you joined yes, that group? Yes, I joined them. I joined them. So I started uh, doing the same thing that they did for other young adults. Yeah. Um, on 2010, um, the Escuela of Evangelización um, opened. And I joined them, too, because I wanted to form myself to give to others. Um, I remember there was a year that we went out on the streets to evangelize and um, give people that kerygma. Well, was that intimidating? Was that like fun, exciting, or was that a little bit of like, what am I doing? How did I find, how did I get caught up in this? Well, we were sent two by two. Yeah. Only with our Bibles, no money, no cell phone, no nothing. Oh, wow. 
And it was such a beautiful experience because um, I remember going to this porch. We were knocking doors. We were giving people the kerygma. And um, I remember going to this porch where there was a person that he seemed to be drunk and maybe high. I'm not sure. Yeah. But if I was not in there under that circumstance, um, I probably would have never approached him. But I did. And um, we informed him of um, like options for him to like attend like places to get detox and to help him like with addictions. Yeah. And I even remember that um, it actually was me and Ephraim, my fiance. Uh, we were walking down on Michigan Avenue, and I remember encountering two prostitutes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a yeah, prof- No, prostitute. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and we reached out to them. We told them the curriculum too. I remember praying for them, giving them a hug, and. It was so amazing because their eyes reflected God. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I wow. remember that if I wasn't, you know, under that grace, I don't know what it was, the Holy Spirit, like probably I will probably have walked away. That's what Christians do sometimes. Right. Yeah. yeah that can be really intimidating, right? Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. What do you feel like God's been doing recently or in new ways? 2017, I started working as Indians. You were ready I didn't, for didn't need a, I didn't need a change. I was like in the yeah. comfort zone, but at the same time, my spirit was telling me that it was time to move. So um, we were at the at our first retreat, and I remember that in Alexa Divina, um, I heard God's voice telling me to cast the net to the right, hmm. that I needed to do something different. Yeah. So that gave me the answer, and... I started this new position at St. Anne's um, to, on January 1st, 2017. A year ago, I got another position mm-hmm. as the director of uh, Catechesis Evangelization and Worship. It's a lot to learn, right? Yes, and I'm still learning. And, um, so and it's a lot to build, too, yeah. at St. Anne's. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. because you kind of start from scratch. Well, yeah. Juanita, what's your greatest joy right now? in your life of discipleship? Like, is it prayer? Is it service? Is it paperwork? No, it's service. Okay. Mm -hmm. Service, serving others. Praise God. Thanks so much, Juanita. So Juanita, we're going to talk about marker 8.3 of Unleash the Gospel, the parish as a place of welcome. You talked about like your own faith journey mm-hmm. a little bit. What in your mind or in your experience were like markers of a welcoming parish or made you feel welcome either uh, at a different time in your faith or even now, like if you go visit a different church? And Danielle, I'd love to hear from you yeah. on that too. But do you have any thoughts on that, Juanita? Yes. Uh, well, from Holy Redeemer, when I was there, um, when I was a parishioner there, Marcela Solis, she was a very welcoming person that she was always there for you. And she was encouraging encouraging you. Yeah. Um, actually, she's like one of the reasons why I started attending the seminary, because she pushed me. And um, she also believed in me. To start the certificate program. Certificate. Yes. Right now I'm I'm enrolled in ABA for um, 
pastoral ministry. Look at you. Can be a get cruise bomb. Right? Get, yeah. Get it done. <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really good. What about you, Father? Um, you know. Well, it's different for you because you're a priest. It is. You're right. But, but you know, some actually. some are still not nice. Well, and no. working kind of full time at the diocese, I do help out at different parishes. Um, you know, I, I think it's just people taking the time to say hi to you, to, yeah. um, to, yeah. to greet you or, you know, that's how I feel. Like it can be a real scourge or a real challenge of a parish to develop a click mentality yeah. where yeah. you're the outsider and you almost feel like they're, um, like they think they're doing you a favor mm-hmm. by being like, by saying hi to you, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, so that can be a little off-putting. Uh, Danielle, what's your, what has been an experience? You were of speaking welcome? a word to me because <laughs> usually, uh, completely frankly, I usually like, like I'm like working, 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 serving, serving, serving all week, and I get to like Sunday, and it's like like burnout on the runway. And so I just like collapse into my pew, like all by myself. And I close my eyes, shut out everyone else, (laughs) frankly. And then like, like the people at my parish are so friendly and they always like give me huge hugs, miraculous medals they find around, ask about my life, all this stuff. But it's interesting because even you're saying this, it's like convicting me because I'm like, am I friendly to people? Or like when I'm done, do I just like close my eyes and leave? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's this tension of like right. the parish is where you want to feel at home, right? But it's also part of the mission territory because right. we do get people coming who, you know, um, who we want to invite there, and if they're not used to coming, the uh, the pastoral letter uses this little phrase: if a homeless person comes up, we should it comes to our parish, we should rejoice. If a teenager covered with tattoos <laughs> and piercings walk in. Let us be glad. And that can be really hard, but we need to have that attitude. My, I think I was telling, you guys both know this story. So my sister, some of, some of the listeners know my sister, some of them don't. So my sister wears her hair and is a very holy woman, mm-hmm. very prayerful woman, very devout, <laughs> and wears her hair <laughs> in like dreadlocks <laughs> to her waist. So if you just see my sister, you're like, most people don't guess from first glance, like, Oh, devout practicing Catholic. And so like our but community I, I knows. That, yeah. Though. Our community knows, but it's really funny because actually one time she she came here. <laughs> Father Steve was here? here. This is at the mm-hmm. seminary, and yeah. they had a fish fry for and the money was going to women who were in crisis pregnancy situations. And our nephew was here, who's like a different brother's son. And so my sister and I were like taking turns holding him. And at one point she was holding our nephew and some lady like tapped her on the shoulder and was like, thank you for your brave decision. <laughs> and we were oh like, uh, and Christine like didn't understand. She's like, thanks. And then later on we're like, that's really funny. But that happens to my sister like all the time. It's just like a different element. But And, and it's trying to be kind, trying right. to be welcoming, right, 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 right. failing, right. <laughs> right? Like we're never, well, we're not going to do it perfectly. Yeah. yeah. But, but we got to try. Trying. But yeah. we got to try. We don't have to um, let the kind of the world consume them. I mean, we have to shine Christ's light. We don't have to, we have to like be there for, for them. We have to show them that they're welcome, that they're like a part of us. We have to, have resources and which is like you say, it's just a smile that like changes an attitude. Yeah. If we're called to be like the light of the world and the salt of the earth, we are. Um, that we are. should attract people. Yes. And then when they come, 
they need to feel like we want them to be there too, not like you know, like this is my place. Yeah, we'll like, let you I hang out in the let light you a bit. Sit here, yeah, but, yeah. You know, just as you know, just so you know, you're an afterthought here, right? That's a huge turnoff. And yes. Juanita does this really in a really special way because when families want to start sending their children to sacramental prep or religious education, Juanita meets with every family. Yes. Um, before I register them, I just don't hand them out an application for them to fill out, and that's it. Um, we sit. I interview each family. We fill out the application together. I ask if the kid has any special needs, uh, their family, if they need assistance on on anything, um, if they're not married to the church, if that we can help them, we can help them with an annulment, and we reach out to them. We feel, We make them feel welcome. And like that, I have built relationship. Um, many of those families registered at the parish last year mm-hmm. and the same thing is happening. Um, some of the, some of those families, um, they started the RCIA program mm-hmm. as well. You know, we, we forget, I mean, I forget too, but Danielle, you've worked in ministry. Juanita, you're mm-hmm. talking about this, that those of us who are part of the parish can forget how intimidating it might be for someone who's not to show up and like they don't know what to do like even the prayers of the church the mass mass changed maybe what 10 years ago yeah 20 uh 2011 the new words in the mass and then um even like how to address people yep how to even ask like i want my kids to yes on this is our requirements if you have them you want to baptize here's three pages of requirements if you meet them you can come no that's not the way I mean, that's such a frontline ministry you're talking about. And I know, Danielle, you did a lot with married, engaged couples. Yeah. Yeah. um, It's it's interesting in what I would call like... We would call this like a post-Christian society, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like these... I, I think we are. We're in the beginnings of a post-Christian society. So in this situation where you have people who are overwhelmed, who have never heard these things before, right? It's It does take a lot of like gentle, like walking next to like Mm -hmm. hey this and and like gentle explanations of like this is what we do this is why yeah and another thing um that that kind of ties into i think a little bit is um rcia and we were talking like months ago you took a, a really special another course about just like introducing people to the faith and all that stuff. And you really loved it. Can you talk a little bit about that, like passion and fire in your heart? Yes. Um, it was a class for, uh, sacraments of initiation, RCIA. We went to them, we went to them. I thought I knew what RCIA was about, but once I dive into the program and what it is and what, once I learn from it, I can see, all the work that is needed yeah. because um, I think right now at this point in society, a lot of the parishioners or a lot of the people that are coming back, they are coming back to this door. And I feel that we need to be ready and have something for them. Like I was saying earlier, um, we can't just treat them as uh, a bag of popcorn that mm-hmm. we're going to put it in the microwave and it's going to be ready in two minutes. I mean, it is a process of conversion. And um, for some people, it won't happen from September to May. Yeah. It's just 
It do, conversion it's, doesn't always fit neatly in the no. school calendar year, right? Of course, no. Yeah. And like I know there is different models, but I think uh, we need to prepare our laypersons or. I mean, catechists, everyone. I think there there has to be something developed. That way we can be ready for them. If there was like like a perfect dream of like, hey, I think this would be like a really cool goal. Because this is something else that we talk about is like, you know, in the parish, people will call on May 6th yes. and say, hi, I would like to become Catholic. And the like the answer that, I mean, I would say most parishes give is come back is on cool. September. In September, we'll start RCIA, which is like, who knows what's going to happen in that time, right? Right. Yes. And so, like, what would, or like, f- frankly, someone calls like Palm Sunday weekend. Hi, I'd like to become Catholic, and you're like, well, missed your shot this year, friend. Um, so I, like, I, I'd work on the wording of that a little bit. But. <laughs> That's exactly how I talk in ministry, oh, Father okay. Steve. Right. Just kidding. No, I'm very. I'm learning. I'm Danielle. professional. Yeah, keep up. No, like, what would your like vision be of like, hey, this this is what I think it would be like healthy to look like. Well, to me, we need to have the model that um, runs through the whole year. But for that, we need to have the lay people ready, Mm -hmm. Um, catechists. That way when they come and they come into the inquiry stage, we can welcome them and we can have the resources available for them. I know that some parishes do have it, but I know that probably 70% of them don't. They don't really have the the help. That's why we lack on that. um, If we understand the importance of our mission on this time, I mean, we could do so many other things. We could be more proactive and we could, like, really be involved in, in ministry. But I know that um, just having volunteers that are ready and they are prepared because we cannot just um, welcome them into an inquiry stage, not giving them the right thing. Yeah, uh- I think of a couple of things here. I think of how important it is for um, people to have the community to walk with them. So yeah, and I think yes. that's one of, you know, we can we can talk about it like, you know, we know most of those people don't have ill will who say wait till September. Right. But I think part of what they're saying is like, I, we don't think it's the best experience to do kind of a one-on-one thing for five months and then dive into a community. We want you to be a part of a community that we have structured this way. Um, But this last section, the last paragraph Mm -hmm. of uh, 8.3 talks about these other shallow and shallow entry points that maybe if, you know, they're not ready for our CIA or they're not ready to kind of make that commitment or the parish isn't equipped in that way, that there can be some other shallow entry points. I know a lot of parishes have had success with Alpha, um, but maybe even like invite them into like uh, a small group, faith sharing group, or to come to something where they can begin to experience some part of the parish community or some community, learn a little bit more and more, uh, whether it's a social event or whether it's uh, hearing the proclamation of the gospel, um, but where they can begin to feel welcome and feel the parish as a place that they, you know, they, they start to belong to. It's always tricky, like finding that right blend for the person though, you know, do you have, do you ever have people come up to you and be like, Hey, can you teach me about Catholicism? 
I do, yeah. Do you really? I do. There's one person I'm meeting with now. She reached out and said, um, you know, I'm not Catholic. I've always wanted to learn. And um, can we sit down and talk about it? So we've been sitting down at regular intervals to to talk about, like, she's kind of doing the liturgical year. And so the last time we talked about, like, the Ascension and Pentecost and, like, like, so what's going on with the Ascension? You know, she's doing a little reading and we could have conversations about it. It's great. She's not ready to jump into our CIA, right, right. but it's also not like, you know, um, there's nothing September. to do for, for you now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, it's a great joy for me as a priest to do that with people. Yeah. Do you? I mean, I mean, that's a lot of your life, uh, Juanita and Danielle. I know you do that as well. Yeah. What's, with with these kind of relationships, sharing your faith through relationships. Yes. I don't know, yeah. man. I I don't know. Hey, anyone who's listening, if you want to be my friend, <laughs> you want to know about if Jesus. If you want to know about Jesus, you can Nelska just reach C. out to me. Yeah, just reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you. Sorry, I don't have any friends. I'm not as cool as Father <laughs> Steve. <laughs> uh, Juanita, when we as we wrap up, we always kind of invite our guests to share any last word, prayer, kind of blessing that they want to share with our listeners. Do you have anything? Well, my hope is, and I ask God that um, that we continue asking for his guidance and that we commit to finding his love on everything that we do, but also on everything that the other people give us. Amen. It was awesome being joined by Juanita today. This woman just lives her life with so much heart. And once again, before we say goodbye, if you liked this episode, please share it with your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, your Trader Joe cashier. You can also leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is at Open Door Detroit. Help us unleash the gospel. Open Door Policy was produced by Ron Pangborn and the creative team of the Archdiocese of Detroit. I am trying to make this as comfortable and fun an environment as I can. I know. (laughs) I'm Father Steve Polis with Danielle Center. And this has been another episode of Open Door Policy. If you want to learn more about how to unleash the gospel in your parish, we have an event for you. On Saturday, November 16th, we'll have the second annual Parish Day of Renewal with training on all different areas to unleash the gospel with national and local speakers, ending with Mass with Archbishop Vigneron. Go to the Archdiocese of Detroit Facebook page to get all the details and get your ticket before it sells out. 